Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. This is the English summary, a just and a translation of the majlis of Hazrat Mawlana Qamru Zama Saab Dhamad Barakatuhum, which took place on Monday, the 27th of Jumadul Akhirah 1443, corresponding with the English date, 31st of January 2022. This majlis took place after the Ishraq Salat at the residence of Hazrat Wala Dhamad Barakatuhum. Hazrat Wala quotes the hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam La tukthiru al-kalama bighayri dhikrillah fataqsu qulubukum Apart from the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala do not engage in excessive talking or else your hearts will become hard فَإِنَّ الْقَلْبَ الْقَاسِي بَعِيدٌ مِّنَ اللَّهِ وَلَاكِنْ لَا تَعْلَمُونَ A hard heart is far from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, but you do not realize this because nearness and distance of a heart is a spiritual matter. وَلَا تَنْذُرُوا فِي ذُنُوبِ النَّاسِ كَأَنَّكُمْ أَرْبَابٍ And do not look at the sins of people as though you are Allah. وَنْذُرُوا فِي ذُنُوبِكُمْ Look at your own sins as though you are slaves because people are of two types. People are of two types, those who have fallen in sin and those who have been saved from it. So show compassion to those who are in sin and thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala over your wellness. Over your wellness. Hazrat Marana Shah Wasiullah Sahib dictated this particular hadith uh, to me, made imla of it. I wrote it and I gave it to Hazrat Marana Sayyid Ahmad Sahib Akbar Abadi, a very famous alim. On one occasion he asked, Hazrat Shah Wasiullah Sahib for nasihat and I was the one who had taken this particular nasihat to him, the hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Now do you think this is a small thing, meager, insignificant, that the heart becomes hard? It is something major. All this dhikr, tilawat, whatever spiritual exercises we are doing, dhikrullah, etc. It is so that the heart can become soft and the nur of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can start coming into and penetrating the heart. On one occasion I went to Bombay, Hazratwala says, and I spoke about this particular hadith and then I said to Kari Waliullah sahab that I don't think anybody could have an objection on this. I spoke about Apart from the remembrance of Allah, do not engage in excessive talking. So he said, no, Mulana, here people would understand it very, very different. And there were people are of another school of thought, people of another maslak. And what would they understand it? They would understand it as this year that no, do not speak about Sayyidina Abdul Qadir Jilani. Now what do we do? <clears throat> So here we continue with the works of Hazrat Manan Shah Muhibbullah Ilahabadi. 
He speaks and he says, Another illness of the tongue is that when a person constantly inquires about the conditions and actions of people. For example, uh, why did Zaid come? Why did Khalid go? Why are my children, uh, what are my wife and my children doing in my uh, absence? Uh, what are they occupying themselves in? These are futile questions regarding which a person ought to keep uh, silent because they are nothing but uneasiness and uh, anxiety for a person. Hazardwala speaks about an incident which Sheikh Hisamuddin writes in his kitab, Nisabul Ihtisab, and he says that. This kitab was actually written for this. The incident was written in there. A person goes and he knocks at the door of someone. The wife from behind says, Gee, and then he asks that I'm looking for certain, certain person. I'm here for him. And they say that he is not here. Okay, done. It's over. It's supposed to be over there. But he still goes a step further and he says that where is he gone to? Where is he gone to? And majority of the time, people don't want to say where the person is gone to or what is he doing. That's something which is uh, personal. Okay, another illness of the tongue is to do good to a fellow brother and then make the intention and then make mention of a favor either in his presence or in his absence. Now, this will obviously cause him unpleasantness in fact it will cause him embarrassment and ill feeling furthermore it will wipe out the effects of your favor your ihsan your khairat that you have given because the intelligent one intelligent ones say that a favor say that a favor and and counting can never ever combine together so this favor and counting the favor, these two can never ever come together. Moreover, the harm of counting favors is that it will cancel the reward of doing that favor. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in this regard, La tubtilu sadaqatikum bil manni wal adha. Do not destroy your charity by counting your favor and causing harm. Causing harm. Rather, what should it be? You know, I have this here hung in my room, Kamalul Jood al Min, that the heights of goodness, khair, barkat, and, and generosity is that you still understand it to be less and say, you know what, I just have this little, kindly accept it from me, the heights of humility and the expression of helplessness that I actually supposed to do so much more but this is just a little that I can do kindly accept it from me instead of saying I, I gave you this you are where you are today because I started you off in business this that and the other Hazrat Haji Imdadullah Rahimahullah used to say that if a beggar comes to you then understand it to be the favor of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for that, that you did not have to go to the beggar, rather he sent the beggar to you. The school of thought here of Allama Sharani and Hazrat Maulana Shawis Wasiullah Sahib as well was that any beggar, whoever it may be, even though he may come 
well dressed and even on a conveyance or horse or coming in a car then too you should give him on the other hand hazrat gangohi and other ulama were of the opinion that if that person there is not worthy etc then in a good manner you should send him away you should not give him because you are spoiling him further but nevertheless all this that i have written here is in the light of the teachings of hazrat manana shah wasiullah sahab hazrat wala goes on to say so now a treatment a treatment okay let's let's continue so another ailment of the tongue is to unnecessarily a meddle in another person's uh, domestic matter for example due to certain wisdom at the time someone was extra kind to one of your sons or one of his own sons and now a person asked that uh, why did you not treat the other boys in the same manner such a question is futile it's useless only an ignorant and a foolish person will say such a thing because the other boys now will develop evil thoughts and enmity uh, towards the father towards the father hazrat wala goes on to say that people even ask this from amongst my special people that come here that listen from amongst my sons one is struggling one this is happening so of course you should help the one that is more in need and there is no problem with that it is completely permissible and uh, jaiz it is completely permissible and jaiz You know, someone came to Hazrat Mawlana Abrarul Haq. I even remember the point of the platform where we were climbing when Mawlana Abrarul Haq Sahab told me this year. He says that certain certain person came to me and he's saying, "Why do you quote Hazrat Mawlana Shah Wasiullah Sahab so much and you hardly quote Hazrat Mawlana Muhammad Ahmad Sahab?" Now, what can I say about the foolishness of these people? And tell me, was it necessary to say something like this or not? Nevertheless, listen to this part. Marana Abraul Haksab says to me, "I gave him the answer there and then, and I said to him, 'What do you actually expect?' He spent his entire life, right from his early days, his youth. He was a teenager at that time, right for the major part of his life." right through all those years he spent on hazam banana uh, uh, shah wasiullah sahab so what do you actually uh, expect now these are my shuyukh i i benefited from them tremendously and this is what i'm passing on to you as well it was manana abrarul haq sahab manana habibur rahman azmi manana mohammad ahmed pertabgari manana shah wasiullah sahab and hazam manana ali mia sahab from a very young age i was reading his works okay let, let, let's continue you know somebody even asked on a certain occasion that you know when hazrat manar shah wasiullah sahab went on his last safar for hajj and at that time i didn't go with rather hazrat said to me see to the kitabs and look after the boys look after the children and i stayed so he comes to me and he says uh, monana shah wasiullah sahab didn't take you with why didn't you mention it to him you should have also went with now isn't that something absolutely foolish and dumb 
Doesn't a person leave someone at home when he's going on his safar and he's travel? Allahu Akbar. And I stayed at that time. And here, right in Bakshi Bazar, such a type of riots took place, Hindu-Muslim, and we would stay up the entire night. I was looking after the madrasa, I was looking after the talaba, I was looking after the family people, I was looking after Hazratwala's uh, uh, kitabs. And nothing happened. It carried on. It was fatal. And eventually the police had to come in, the army had to come in. They called Indira Gandhi also to come, to calm down everyone. At that time there was no one. Mohan Muhammad Mia Faruqi was with me. He gave me a lot of confidence and courage. He even said to me, come with me, leave this place for now. And I said to him, I can't. Hazrat designated this for me to look after the kitabs, look after the talaba, look after the family people. We used to stay up entire night in all of this. So <clears throat> Hazratwala thereafter goes on to say that this is absolutely correct and a point which is learned after much experience. We learn this from, we learn uh, from this that the Ahlullah were, were carefully uh, they were fully aware of things which take place in their society and have knowledge of human psychology. Were this not the case, how would they carry out the service of Islam of the Muslim community? This is why when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala taught Adam والسلام, the names of things, he taught it to his progeny as well so that they may carry out the responsibility and of duty-ship, of khilafat here on earth. And now inspiration comes from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now a treatment for this is that a person must constantly bear in mind the following hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam min husni islamil mar'i tarkuhu ma la ya'ni from one of the beautiful traits of a person's Islam is that he keeps away from things which do not concern him. A Buzruk was asked on one occasion that Hazrat, there is such a great uh, muhaddith here just in your, your, your locality, your neighborhood just down the road. Have you ever been to his dars of hadith? He says, yes, I've been there on one occasion. I heard from him the grand hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam min husni islam il mar'i tarkuhu ma la ya'ni. But I've not fully come onto this hadith and I cannot fully to date, practice on it, so I did not go back to take the next hadith, one of the fundamental hadith of uh, our deen of Islam and uh, Iman. So another ailment of the tongue is when you say, I will utter the truth, irrespective of whether anyone likes it or not. It is haq. Whether people like it or not, I will say it. After all, come on. There are, there are occasions and times for uttering the truth. If you say something at an inopportune moment, the addressee will refute it. And of what benefit would it actually be? Now note, Hazrat Walaya is saying that one has to be cautious even when saying the truth and the, the correct thing so that it does not become a result of a conflict. It does not become a, a bigger fitna or it does not result in dishonoring 
another and causing harm to him. Hazratwala also quotes the incident that in 1951, someone also done something like this here. It is Haq, this, that and the other. And he started saying this, that and the other. And how much of a conflict, a trial and tribulation came upon the Muslims here in India. So the treatment of this is to acquire knowledge about the occasions. When do I say? What do I say? On when do I say that there? And we should practice accordingly. Hazrat Shaykh Saadi said that two things are a proof of the lack of intelligence. One is to remain silent when the occasion demands you to speak. And the other one is to speak when the occasion demands you to be silent. Now, by explaining these points, Hazrat Shaykh Saadi opened up an important door of Islam and Reformation. If we bear in mind, we will save ourselves from many worldly and deeny problems. After all, it is because the slip-ups of the tongue that this mischief generally spreads throughout the world. As for the punishment which is in store in the year after, do not even speak about that it is so severe. The Quran and Hadith themselves severely emphasize the protection of the tongue. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala inspire us to protect ourselves from all these ills. All these ills. So illnesses now we carry on regarding to not the tongue, not to the zaban, to amal. One such illness is to perform salah by carrying it out, the postures out carefully and peacefully in the presence of people so that people may praise him. However, when a person performs the same salat in privacy, he does not even bother about carrying out the postures arkan carefully. This now obviously is ostentation which is profusely reprimanded against in the Ahadith and the Quran-e-Majid. You know, Hazrat Manal Shah Wasiullah Sahib, Hazrat Wala goes on to say, on one occasion in his majlis and in his dini discourse, he said that when a person carries out his salat without the ta'adil arkan, when he is in solitude, he is in khalwat, then this is a sign of the lack of the love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Hazrat Manal Shah Wasiullah Sahib said, when I heard this malfuz and statement from Hazrat Tanvi rahimahullah, at that time I actually wish that if the earth can open and I could fall inside the earth. Now we would think afterwards that this had such a deep effect on the heart of Hazrat Manana Shah Wasiullah Sahib that such an effect, it, it took uh, uh, a state, overwhelmed him. Hazrat Tanvi Rahimahullah Ta'ala would read a very concise Salat. Yes, it was completely with the Ta'adil Arkan, etc., but it was concise and mukhtasar so that he could have the deepest amount of khushu and khudu concentration in it because the longer a salat is sometimes, the mind starts to go off the path and astray. <clears throat> so the treatment for this year is to be conscious of the following statements of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Alam ya'lam bi anna Allah yara? Does he not know that Allah is watching? Wallahu ahakku an Allah is more deserving that you fear him. Another ailment is to abstain from good deeds out of bearing, uh, out of uh, fear 
of being labeled as a show-off. So you stop good things because you worry people are going to say you are show-off. The treatment of this is a person should not bother about the praises and dispraises of people. Instead, he must focus on the following statement of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Wallahu khalaqakum wa ma ta'amaloon. Allah created you and your deeds as well. Allah created you and your deeds. Why then should you fear the creation? And what does the creation have that it can give you? What can they actually give you? Hazrat Sayyidina Fuzail ibn Ayaz makes reference to this as follows. To abstain from a deed because of people. You worried what people are going to say. That's why you don't even do it in the first place. That is ostentation. Wal-amal li-ajlin nas shirk. To do the thing specifically and expressly for people. This is polytheism and this is shirk. Another sickness here is that of doing a good deed but not for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's pleasure. The treatment for it is to first do the good deed solely for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or else it must be left out. This is because the deed which is not done for the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it is futile. Now, a further treatment for this year is to be conscious of the following ayat, ayat and statement of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Wallahu ma'akum ma kuntum. He is with you no matter where you are. If a person is conscious of this, he will certainly do a deed for the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now, illnesses related to spiritual states and conditions. One such illness is to sit in the company of Righteous people solely so that you can be counted amongst them. When a person has not yet obtained salvation from his desires, how could he do that? Instead, he is caught up in the love of a woman or a young boy. However, people in general are not aware of it. The person is occasionally overtaken by ecstasy of this false love and he screams out. He repeats over and over again, Allah, Allah. But at this time, he's, it's merely from his tongue and not from his heart. Hazrat Wala thereafter quotes the incident. There is the story of a pious person who fell in love with a singer. The ecstasy which he used to experience in the love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, now became subjugated by the love of this woman. He thought to himself, bearing in mind my previous spiritual state and condition, people have noble thoughts of me. And this is totally different from the reality. He went to the Sufis in the Haram. He removed his garments that he had, uh, which he received at the time of his Khilafat. He placed it before them and he ex clearly explained his love affair. He said to them, I do not want to remain as a liar with regards to my hal and my condition. He took the, sing the singer's harp and hung, hung it around his neck and began living with her. Some people then informed the, uh, 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 the woman. 
That man who is in love with you is actually from amongst the Ahlullah, a lover from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. However, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, due to some reason and wisdom, made him get caught up with your love. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made the woman feel remorse and ashamed. She repented to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and began living in the service of the Shaykh. On the other side, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wiped out the love of this woman from the Shaykh's heart. He went back to the Sufis in the Haram and he put on his garments again. Now Hazrat Shaykh Allahabadi Muhibullah Allahabadi says, comments on this incident the Shaykh was a true Shaykh because he was true in his hal and he could not tolerate being a liar of his condition. A liar of his condition. So we, we find also this is the hal. The illnesses regarding a person's hal. Now very quickly, Hazrat Haji Imdadullah on one occasion asked Hazrat Gangohi Rahimahullah, write your spiritual state and what is it about? So he says that I have given many of the students the Sanad of Hadith, they studied Hadith under me. And then he goes on to say that praise and insult have become equal in my sight. Whether a person praises me or in insults me, it is the same. Now, it is to create this type of honesty and sincerity that people go and sit in the company of the mashayikh. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala inspire us and give us the tawfiq and the hidayat of making amal. Rabbana taqabbal minna innaka anta sami'ul alim wa tub alayna innaka anta tawabur rahim bi hurmati sayyidin nabiyyil kareem sallallahu alayhi wa